You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The next night, Justin Verlander was utterly tremendous. He gives up the first inning run, which drives us all nuts, and did very little else that was bad. He was excellent the rest of the game. In fact, if you look, I'm looking at my scorecard right now. He didn't allow another base hit after the first inning. He issued a two-out walk in the fourth, and that was it. One, two, three, second. One, two, three, third. One, two, three, fifth. One, two, three, sixth. One, two, three, seventh. He even came out to pitch the seventh despite his pitch count being at 91. So I know that this pot has been all negative, and maybe we should spend a few minutes on the positive. Justin Verlander was brilliant. And Justin Verlander gives me a little bit of hope that at least they have one guy in their rotation that doesn't completely suck. I, I'm sorry, but that's there's not a lot of hope there. One out of five, one out of six games, we got a good start. It's, it's not good. Oh, no one's enough. saying it's good it's enough, but good he was enough. great. Again, like, I, I got to give him some credit for that. He was brilliant. Yeah. And guess what? Uh, after in game two and three, well, we how many singles do? We, how many hits did we get in game two and three combined? I think it was somewhere like around like eighteen, and I think we had three well, extra base hits. And that to me is the killer of this whole thing. On top of it, we're talking about they hit the ball. They just no, no one's got pop, no one's got power. The same BS that we complained about. The last problem year. with the second game of the series is they couldn't get a clutch hit because they actually had ten hits in the game. They just could not put together, besides Nimmo's RBI single that turned out to be the game winner in the fourth inning, they left 11 guys on base. Like, they left a lot of guys on base in the second game of the series. That's what made it so frustrating. And, and they won the game, and that's great. And kudos to Robertson and Adovino, because it would have been, I mean, you talk about kicking the balls. Imagine losing that game. Imagine Robertson giving up a home run in the ninth inning to Jonathan India or something like that. I was I was very nervous about that. I got to be honest. And Robertson's been been flawless basically, but I was scared. And then I was ready for the people to go with the I told you Edward Diaz the different. You know we don't need it. We don't need any more nonsense. We have enough as it is. Yeah, we have enough pain. We don't need we don't need the David Robertson kicking the balls. And look, it's going to happen. Like I don't think he's going to have a perfect season. There's going to be that blown save. Two things: a, you hope you win the game anyway. You hope the blown save doesn't turn into a loss. And B, you hope it happens at a different time of the year where it doesn't feel like a death knell. Um, but the, the second game of the series was incredibly frustrating. It was incredibly frustrating because of the millions of opportunities that they had. And, and that was the part that was tough. I'll give Guillaume credit, even though it didn't happen when we needed it in the first game of the series as a pinch hitter, he actually got the start in second base and got on base three times. And the one time he made out, he got robbed on a line drive. So... It would have been helpful the day before. It's like the Adam Sandler line from The Wedding Singer. This information would have been better yesterday. It would have been nice if it was yesterday, if we're talking about Wednesday's game. 
but it didn't happen. It was a win, and it was an important win, and it felt like it was, at least for the rotation, a stabilizing win, but it wasn't for the offense. The problem was, as we talked about to open the pod, the Thursday game was just a nightmare from beginning to end. So the question we all have now is, where the hell do we go from here? Like, is this season going to turn around? Was this rock bottom? You always hope that, okay, this is the worst it'll get. They're 18 and 20. They have been horrendous in this stretch. They are losing series after series after series. It stops now. And I'd love to think it. I'd love to say it. I also know that the Mets are about to face a bunch of lefties in Washington. And we know about their struggles against lefties. They're about to see Mackenzie Gore again. They're about to see Patrick Corbin again. And then for us, pitching-wise, do we know what Tyler McGill is going to be able to do Friday night? Do we know what Joey Lucchese is going to be able to do Saturday? Do we know if Max Scherzer is going to pitch? That's the other caveat. Like, a part of us says, well, Scherzer's supposed to be penciled in over the weekend in D.C. Why would we even believe that? I have no reason to believe that. So we may see David Peterson again. I mean, it's it's on the table because if it's not Max Scherzer, who is it? They have tested the levels of the pitching depth that they once had. And, and I hate to scare people. Once they're done with the Nationals, that's the end of the quote-unquote easy stretch, which has been a nightmare. Then you're staring at the Tampa Bay Rays. Then you're staring at Cleveland, who isn't great, but certainly better than some of the competition they faced. Then you're staring at the Chicago Cubs, who have pitched incredibly well this year. Then you're staring at the Rockies again, okay. Then you're staring at the Phillies and the Blue Jays and the Braves and the Pirates and the Yankees. And so it's a scary time because as much as I try to tell myself you're never as bad as you are when you're bad, just like you're never as good as you are when you're good, it's very difficult not to be full-fledged panicking about what we're watching. So then you get to the question of what can they do? Look, the obvious answer, as we've talked about at nauseum, is calling up Mark Vientos and Ronnie Mauricio. Every day I check the box scores, I get more depressed because all they're doing is hitting. Ronnie Mauricio on Thursday had like three more hits. Both guys have incredibly high OPSs. Mauricio is playing every day at second base, which it makes perfect sense what's going on here. He comes up, McNeil's to the outfield. Whether that's sitting Marcana or it's stalling Marte getting more rest, it's, it's a very easy fit. I think there was a time earlier this year when Mauricio had a big spring training where we had a tough time figuring out where he was going to fit. It ain't that complicated right now. It's become a lot easier. You know, assuming Marte isn't hurt, and I'm still committed to running him out every day. You know, I'm not burying Starling Marte. We're a month plus into this season. He had a great year last year. If he's hurt, sit him down. If he's not, you're going to run him out every day. The guy I think we're more likely to not run out every day is Marcana. And if you're not running Marcana out every day, it allows Mauricio to play second base and Jeff McNeil to play the outfield. Vientos' spot is easily DH. So I think the roster moves, because that's always been the difficult decision of, okay, how do you make it work roster-wise? I, I tell you the answer. It ain't that complicated anymore. I think the Mets made it very clear in the opener of this series that Eduardo Escobar doesn't have a role on this team. He doesn't. He doesn't have a job. The Mets have given up on him. Brett Beatty is the everyday third baseman, and they don't even trust him 
granted it's as a lefty, they don't even trust him to pinch hit instead of a defensive specialist like Luis Guillorme. Escobar's got no role with this team. DFA him and get him over with. I was never one to be in a rush to DFA Eduardo Escobar. I think I've been very patient with him, but I'm reacting to the actions of this team and the actions of this manager. If you don't trust him in that spot on Tuesday, it's over. DFA him. There you go. That makes room for Vientos. Guillaume still has options. Uh, we've talked about this before. Mauricio becomes your backup shortstop in case of emergency. And he goes down to the minors and Mauricio's on the team. And there you go. Those are your two roster moves. It's not that you don't have to cut everybody. We're not cutting Canna and Vogel back. We're not cutting all these guys. You need a roster. You got to fill out a major league roster here. Right? We're not getting rid of everybody. But if you're asking me, how do you make it work? Those are the two guys that make the most sense to go. One guy has options. The other guy doesn't have a role on this team because the manager doesn't even want to use him to pinch it with the bases loaded. And that's what they can try. And we're getting closer to them having to try it because the kids are earning their right here. That's the other, like they've earned their trip here. And when you combine that with the failures that we're talking about, there's no other real change you can make. So we're getting closer to that day. Well, that's great. I'm glad that we fixed the offense. Now, what the hell are we going to do? There's the nothing. Pitching? No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be blunt with you. There is no answer. Like, there really isn't. There, there's no way. The, the only way to fix the pitching is the guys who are being paid the big money have got to be better. Now, with Verlander, I'll take a leap of faith and say he's healthy. He's made two starts. He looks fine. I think we could all admit that Verlander has looked very sharp in the two starts he's made. As long as the Mets can keep him out there every five days, that's fantastic. They got to get Max Scherzer healthy. They got got to get Kodai Senga just pitching every five days. And then you hope McGill and Lucchese can keep you in games, and that's your rotation because, Pete, there's nothing coming to help. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so I don't disagree, uh, but there's a couple things that I'm a, I'm a little upset about bullpen wise first of all i i I know you can't you're relying too much on your bullpen arms because you don't have the starting pitching but i'm done with tommy hunters of the world i i know that you don't care about that you have to have these not every guy's gonna be a stud in the bullpen but i'm sorry i'm sick and tired of yucca bonus coming in like ken giles is 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 pitching dude go go pick a flyer on him rather than a, a, a almost retired tommy hunter make a trade and i know that you hate this but Luis Guillorme, you're right. He's got options. But does he have value somewhere? You have the same player in Danny Mendick that you do in Luis, Luis Guillorme. If there's value somewhere that someone looking for a defensive specialist, try to trade okay, so for an arm. Ken do Giles, something. I've got no issue with. Like I, Zach Britton, guys who you're bringing in on low-risk deals, fine. Like I can't expect much out of Ken Giles. He's only pitched four innings in the last three years. So I'm not going to be naive to think, he's going to make a big impact, but I'm not going to argue that. Of course it makes sense. Look, the Mets just did it. I know it's not with a pitcher, but they just did it with Gary Sanchez. Like there's no risk in signing Gary Sanchez. 
There isn't. I, I know he wasn't hitting in Sacramento in AAA San Francisco, and he opted out, and now he's here, and he got off to a great start. His first game on Thursday, I think he went two for three, hit a home run, so he's inspired to be back in the New York area. Bring him up. <laughs> Bring him up. Bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, it's so funny. So just to, to put an end to what you said, yeah, of course. Bring in any veteran arm uh, who's a free agent. There's no trade to be made right now. Very unlikely to, for there to be a trade to be made in May and June. Now it happens, but it's rare. So if your idea is, hey, can you use a Luis Guillorme to get a competent reliever? Sure. If that's out there, I'm not sure that's out there. So I think the idea of bringing in somebody who's doing an audition like a Ken Giles or a Zach Britton, sure. I mean, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. In terms of what they have in the back of their bullpen right now, it's the same kind of five, six guys who have been shuttled between Syracuse and the major leagues. So if you don't want Tommy Hunter and you don't want Dominic Leone, you're just going to end up seeing the same guys. Okay, Denny Reyes is back. And that's what we're looking at. The, the, the part of the bullpen of Adam Ottavino and David Robertson and Drew Smith, I'd even argue Jeff Brigham. I think Jeff Brigham has been pretty good. That part is going to stay constant. The rest of it's always going to kind of fluctuate. As you need arms. You know, Jimmy Yacobonis just went on the IL. Yeah, really. I'm sure he went on the IL or whatever. They just needed to not, because he had no options left. Like Jimmy Yacobonis had no options. So when the Mets wanted to add the pitcher to replace Scherzer without putting him on the IL, they didn't have a lot of possibilities. Like Dominic Leone doesn't have options either. Steven Nagosik doesn't have options. So they're all going to be here. I think Brooks Raley coming back is going to also help. Actually having a lefty out of the bullpen. But... Dude, we're talking about guys that in general aren't good. Like you need your back of the bullpen to be good. But if you're asking your bullpen to come in in the fourth and fifth inning every single night, like what team has great arms coming in in the fourth inning on every night? No, and I get that. But you know what, though? And again, I'm going to I'm gonna actually call out Billy Epler for being a little bit, um, I don't want to say stubborn, but almost contempt. Like he was like, he was content with the fact that he thought this team was good enough to win the same way they did last year. Andrew Chafin was sitting out there waiting to be picked up. There's you, 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 you love the lefty I, bullpen arm. Hey, yeah. guess what? There was another guy sitting there to bring in. No, no. And we didn't do it. And, and I promise you, I forget the exact date. We're going to do this. We are going to do a podcast reevaluating the entire off season. But it doesn't do us any good right now. No, you're right. I get that. I get that. I get and that. I promise we will do it. We will go through all the bullpen arms they missed, the starting pitching options that they missed, and we will rip Billy Epler a new ass. But right now, like, here are your options. Like, I'm going to tell you right now. Zach Merkenhern, who was up here for five minutes, he's an option. Edwin Yuseta, who was up here and made one good appearance, he's an option. Denny Reyes is an option. Dennis Santana. Remember Dennis Santana? Remember him? He's yeah. an option. Jose Budo is an option. John Curtis is an option. Those are all of the names that if you want to get rid of Tommy Hunter, which I get, I'm not defending any of these schmucks, all right? And I apologize for saying schmucks. They're all wonderful people. I'm talking about how they're pitching, all right? And they're all major leaguers. Thanks for being a major leaguer. They're great guys. They just pitch schmucky. Yeah, that's it. That's, I'm sure they're all great guys. <laughs> if you want to replace any of them, those names I just mentioned who have all been here, those are the replacements, right? Unless you're going out shopping. And right now, 
it's not the time to shop. If there's a surprise trade, you know, the Mets could use that Colin Holderman. What's he up to? Is he available? <laughs> I think he's got like nine holds right now in Pittsburgh. It's great. I mean, his name is Colin Holderman. What do you expect? Colin Holderman. Hey, by the way, I just want to say something about Max Scherzer, and I got to get this off my chest because I know he hates stealing money right now. I know that he wants to go out there and pitch. He wants to be effective. He doesn't want to just go in the IL and steal money. Well, my friend, if you suck ass the way you've been sucking for the past eight starts, when this season ends, you best be opted out and don't steal our money next year. I don't <laughs> want to see your face ever again. Here's the problem. Right? As much as I'm angry at Max and you're angry at Max, Mets need Max Scherzer. Let's just call it like it is. They need him. Even if he's not the same dominant guy he was in Washington or briefly in L.A. or in Detroit, they need a competent Max Scherzer. Like if you told me right now, Max is going to make every start or just about every start, every five, five, six days, and he's going to be a six-inning, three-run guy, which, by the way, is a four-and-a-half ERA, I'd sign for it. Because right now, that's what we're looking – that would be such an upgrade over the kind of pitching they have right now. One real quick thing just to put it um, an end to the Gary Sanchez discussion. I didn't know about Tomas Nito's dry eye syndrome. None of us did. We all just thought he was terrible offensively. And I have noticed his pitch framing stats are not that good. That's why Alvarez has sort of made the Mets look bad that they took so long and that their big hesitation was defense when we're watching him every day. And he certainly looks competent. He really does. And he's getting better offensively. So again, there are no positives from this dreadful season, but if you're searching for them, Francisco Alvarez is playing every day. He's looking like a competent major league player. He's getting better offensively. He's really good defensively. That, that is a great positive. It really is. Uh, Brett Beatty's playing every day and it was cooled off. That's a great positive. When they signed Gary Sanchez, I really thought Billy Epler's doing a favor to a former Yankee farmhand. Obviously, Billy spent a lot of time in the Yankee organization. And why not for the minor leagues add catching depth? With Michael Perez here, and a reminder, Michael Perez, really? If Gary Sanchez truly is improved defensively, and that's what I've heard. I've heard that that last year in Minnesota, he was improved defensively. Even in the minors, he's improved defensively. And he's just competent defensively. He doesn't have to be, you know, in the top 95 percentile of pitch framing. If he's competent defensively, why wouldn't he be here? Like right now with Michael Perez, and we all know what he is, as your backup option, Gary Sanchez, a guy who's proven he can hit in the major leagues. Why wouldn't he? So I... I would not be surprised, Pete. He's in AAA right now. He had a good first day. If he has a good couple of days, I think he could be up here pretty quickly. And that is, you know, as a New York sports talk host who has talked a lot about Gary Sanchez over the years, that would be psychedelic to have Gary Sanchez on the New York Mets major league roster. I must admit. The, cr the Kraken, dude. Listen, and I know how terrible he's been as a New York Yankee, but again, we over, you know, overemphasize that he's going to be a 40 run home run hitter and stuff like that. His bat still is better than Tommy Pham, than freaking Tomas Needle, Michael Perez. I mean, he adds an actual element from a DH from a catching standpoint. Yeah, I mean, that'd be amazing. And I think it's I think it's on the table. I got to tell you right now, like, I think that when they first signed him, I laughed at it. And I said to Craig off air, I was like, 
he'll never see the major league Mets. I, I just don't see how it happens. But when you combine Nito's on the IL, which obviously I didn't see coming, it kind of makes sense. Like, well, why the hell not? Would you rather have him up here? Or would you rather have Michael Perez up here? But what I did like is that day game after night game, we still saw Alvarez catch. So we didn't see the excuse of, oh, let's get Michael Perez out there because it's a day game after night game. I, I will say this much, though. I was watching the first inning or two, and after, like, the first four runs were given up, eh, Alvarez looked like he was a little tired, like he was like a, a catcher in, like, a, um, a little league. Like, all right, uh, what are we doing here, Kodai? Could you get it's, the ball over the plate? <laughs> it's not easy, man. I mean, they're putting the uh, tools of ignorance on every day. It's not easy. There's a reason why catchers sit day games after night games.